Woi woi, woi woi, woi woi. Then it then go on the radio again. Yo, if you wanna smoke free weed, go board yourself. You need to go plant a seed. Go board yourself, make your knowledge increase. Go board yourself, go board yourself. Hey, all right. Welcome to episode number 111 of Grow Bud Yourself. We're so excited that you guys are joining us for this one, and we have a great show in store for you. Uh, First, we're going to talk a little bit of news, uh, but I want to get right to the interview with John Bays. He is the breeder of Green Bodhi Genetics. And then uh, we also have the cultivation segment, of course, with our Strain of the Fortnite, uh, Grow Tip, and Answers to Your Questions, all brought to you by Seeds Here Now, Sweet Leaf Nutrients, and Excelsior Extracts. Stick around. Episode 111 is coming at you. All right. Welcome back. I'm in a good mood. That song always brings me up. And uh, I want to thank DJ Jacques and Winstrong for the incredible, incredible tune. Uh, You know... I think that's the key to all of our success, Mike, is just, you know, with the Free Weed show, we had uh, DJ Jacques and Winstrong, and then, you know, now we've got uh, now we've got them again with the Grow Bud Yourselves and over 200 and, you know, 215, 220-something episodes. Uh, the, that, the song is really, I think, why people stick around. I agree. And and for the connoisseurs out there, there's even a free hash. So go see if you could find it. There is a, a very, it's oh. only in two episodes, but there is a variation, limited, limited edition, edition, free hash. Remix. Right. It's a remix. It's a whole vibe. It's a three it's like, songs. Uh, yeah, free three. hash. We got to bring that back. And s- I think we need to bring, unless, yeah. We've- sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I just got excited because I no one can see me because this is an audio podcast, but when I said we have three songs, I held up my three fingers to Dan, and it reminded me that you actually have a story that relates to our episode number. That's right. We It's been a while uh, since we got into the numbers of the episodes. But yes, 111 is kind of my like lucky number. I lived at 111 Jordan Road uh, for many years in, in Brookline and the Boston area. Um, it's always had like kind of a special meaning for me. I'm a, I'm an Adidas person, you know, it's three stripes, uh, for life. So that's also one eleven. you know, if you look at the three stripes, it says one eleven. So we used to call, uh, Adidas one elevens and, you know, it was a whole, it was a whole thing, you know, that's, it's just a number that recurred in my life many, many times. So now, now I'm not, you know, big into numerology or signs or any of that kind of stuff. I'm not, don't have, uh, you know, that kind of, uh, inclination, but it is funny how, you know, certain numbers in your life, um, keep coming up and, or you just notice them certain times, but for whatever reason, one eleven has always been, uh, you know, one of those numbers that I, I see, uh, over and over and kind of reassures me that everything's going to be okay until it isn't. <laughs> Well, I think that bodes well for for this episode one eleven or one 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 of uh, of grow bud yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think um, we should get right into some news if we've got anything. We do, um, we do. Yeah, I'm gonna some, I'm gonna keep it brief. Perfect. I've been on the brink of, uh, I guess, death the last few days. So um, coming out of it, fortunately, but my voice is not quite uh, entirely there. So I'm gonna 
not go crazy well, here. We should clarify, though. You know, it's the flu or something. It wasn't yeah. COVID right. it's or nothing any serious. kind of actual okay. life threat. I was being dramatic. Sorry. Jesus. Okay. What's going on in cannabis news? Uh, the big story at the time of our recording of this show is that a former Republican Michigan House speaker has uh, been found guilty. He's pled guilty to charges of, um, believe it or not, accepting bribes in exchange for supporting cannabis companies seeking medical marijuana licenses. Now, this is a sort of following a stream of corruption that's come out of this cannabis licensing process that we've seen, especially here on the East Coast in Massachusetts. Uh, we saw a ton of problems there. And um, already a mayor has been uh, found guilty of corruption charges in Massachusetts. It's happened in California, and it's happened all across the country, really. And in this case, it's a, a former Republican Michigan House speaker who actually then became a cannabis regulator, and he held that post as sort of the, uh, the head of the Michigan Marijuana Licensing Board from 2017 to 2019, and he is accused and has admitted to taking uh, $110,000 in bribes to execute licenses for certain people applying for medical cannabis uh, dispensaries. And um, obviously, nobody likes corruption. Nobody wants this in their industry, but it's especially a slap in the face considering all of the uh, social equity promises that have been made about cannabis and this level playing field that the states wanted to create. So, it's good that, that uh, prosecutors are going after these things. Yeah, absolutely. And I, uh, for one, am just shocked, absolutely shocked that uh, a system, you know, that puts uh, politicians in charge of deciding who gets which contracts and which, uh, you know, cushy deals, pun mm -hmm. intended, uh, would result in some type of corruption where those people would be paid uh, or even given favors uh, for some type of accommodation uh, to the applicant. It's just mind-boggling that that could occur. And so... Uh, it's like a again, sarcasm I, monologue. You know, Good God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know what to say. Like, this is why I push home grow so much. It's because uh, when you get the government involved in all of this in the way that we're talking about where it's like this person can grow it but this person can't so well how are we going to decide between this person and that person you know what let whoever wants to grow it grow it and let the market decide who can sell it and who can make a living and who can't why why is this such a selective process and why can only a few well-heeled oligarchy supported companies uh play in this marketplace why can't local farmers jump in and just be part of it i mean i'd ra that's who i'd rather buy my cannabis from if i'm not going to grow it myself and there's mil you know uh, you know let's be realistic there's the people out there who are going to grow their own those are the the maniacs that would actually listen to this show and like you know care enough about quality that they're just going to create it themselves uh, but the the vast majority of people are just consumers. And even if they're big time connoisseurs and really want high quality, they're going to find that high quality one, one way or another. Um, but it, why not just have a level playing field for whoever wants to enter into this 
marketplace, whether it be a small farmer or a home grower or a big giant MSO with millions of dollars. I mean, especially when you're going to run into these problems like corruption, where only certain people are allowed the right or the license or the whatever it is. And everyone else is still going to get locked up and go to jail for doing what these, you know, millionaire interlopers are are trying to do. I don't know. I'm all for legalization, but the overregulation, the taxation and all of the um, government interference really just stands in the way of what true legalization is, which is treat it like tomatoes. (laughs) You know what I mean? Simple as that. If I want to pay $8 a pound for heirloom homegrown tomatoes from a farmer down the street from me, then I should be allowed to do that. If I want swaggy hydroponic tomatoes from, you know, uh, far, far away that are trucked in and I can, I'm going to pay $2 a pound, then great. Whatever it is, let, you know, let the marketplace decide, let the people figure it out. And, uh, you know, uh, bring me the good tomatoes and keep those swaggy tomatoes to yourself. Problem is though, that we're as, as, amazing as that sounds we're not there yet uh, and each state has put in place certain regulations that attempt to legislate a more level playing field and when you get corruption like this at the very top of the the decision process who gets licenses it's just very disheartening i'm sure for for small business owners that have been sweating their asses off getting their licensing applications together and paying money to the to the state that they don't have just to get the, their license considered this just has to be a real difficult thing to hear and it just keeps happening but as you said that's not really a surprise yeah right exactly i mean there's a you know there's a better way i don't know what what that is but it's not this way you know so these are the things we deal with and state by state i think they're starting to figure things out and hopefully making things better. But um, I haven't heard of this, these type of issues yet uh, here. We're in New York where we are. So, you know, maybe they're starting to figure it, it out. Well, they, uh, maybe, they're maybe starting to get but right. the interesting thing about this story, not to keep going back to it, but this in, in this investigation began in 2017. So this was a long one. This was a six year investigation that just resulted in charges uh, yesterday. So who knows? Maybe the corruption has been going on in New York and we just won't know about it for five years. Right. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean. Anyway. Okay. Um, let's just do one more here while we're talking about it. Uh, and only because this just caught my eye and I wanted to run it by you because it sounds kind of extraordinary to me. So as you know, uh, last November on Election Day, um, Missouri voters legalized cannabis, which was amazing actual recreational cannabis. So, and the state did right by those voters because they flipped their, that system and got it up and running in February. So that's like a, what, a three month turnaround from election day to, to sales. So hats off to Missouri. But beyond that, just in this month of March, Missouri recorded $126 million in marijuana sales in March. And that's up from 103 million in February, their first month of recreational sales. Okay, now, full disclosure, that that number that includes both recreational and medical sales together. But of the 126 million they sold in March, 93 and a half of that came only from the adult use side. And because of these numbers for their first two months of sales, they're projected to reach a billion dollars 
in collective cannabis sales before the end of this year. And that just sounds extraordinary to me uh, for a, a new legal state and especially a state like Missouri. Yeah, absolutely. In such a short period of time, that's uh, it just shows you the power of of this marketplace. And, you know, that's not a, a, a tourist destination where people are going uh, as cannabis tourists to discover this plant. Those are local Missouri residents uh, that have been paying into an entirely different system that are now paying into a legal system, which, you know, ultimately is a great thing and hopefully benefits them greatly. But also, you know, they just need to also avoid the corruption that we spoke about previously in Michigan and other places. So, uh, yeah, but still great news um, financially to know that, like, it can be done that quickly. Yeah, it's just really mind boggling when you think it took Maine, what, four years to implement their system. It's taking New York way too long. It took Massachusetts a couple years, I believe. All of these states had a bit of a lag time. And here, Missouri, of all places, got it running in a couple of months. And they have a, it sounds like a top of the line situation going on there. So hats off to Missouri. And uh, also hats off to our upcoming interview. I've got to say, I've never been more uh, happy to talk to somebody. He's just full of joy and, and goodwill and very interesting interview we have coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, John Bays of Green Bodhi Genetics. Uh, you know, he's. I've been following on Instagram. We've been friends and, and we've been on panels here and there and, and had some, some interaction. He was at uh, uh, the OMG event uh, that I, I was a guest at and Cushman was. Uh, a few weeks ago. And uh, yeah, I mean, just the quality of the genetics that he's able to produce, but also just the vibe, the energy, um, the education, uh, just all of it all together is just incredible. And some of the strains are out of this world, so unique and so vibrant, um, so electric and and just phenomenal the indicas are indicas the sativas are sativas and the <laughs> snozberries taste like snozberries you know so i don't know man i i just uh, uh i'm really looking forward to speaking uh with him and uh getting the whole vibe of green Bodhi genetics and everything they're all about so why don't why don't we do that yeah how about that we'll uh, take a break and we will be back with John Bays of Green Bodhi Genetics. If you're a grower or you're thinking about starting your first crop, then you need to know about Sweetleaf plant nutrients. Sweetleaf has an incredible line of organic fertilizers and, of course, their legacy line that includes organic and some synthetic fertilizers. Check them out at Sweetleaf.com. That's S-U-I-T-E-L-E-A-F dot com. The code DANKO15 gets you 15% off everything at Sweetleaf. That's 15% off their signature line of nutrients as well as essentials like complete indoor hydroponic grow tent kits and grow lights, plus awesome apparel, backpacks, and much more. If you join our Patreon, you'll get access to additional codes worth 20 and even 25% off. Patreon supporters also receive free Sweetleaf nutrients just for signing up. Sweetleaf provides all the tools necessary for the modern gardener. Check them out at Sweetleaf.com and remember the code DANKO15. 
All right, welcome back. And we have a very special guest for you guys this week. Uh, he is an amazing educator, uh, grower, breeder, uh, thinker, and uh, great, great friend, uh, John Bays of Green Bodhi Genetics. Welcome to the show. Uh, thanks so much for having me. It's really an honor and really a pleasure. I'm excited. You know? well, it's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get into Green Bodhi and everything that you're doing, but I first want to just maybe get an idea of how you got involved in cannabis to begin with. Cause I know you had a completely different uh, path chosen in your <laughs> life and uh, we're diverted from that path to, to a, a different path. So um, maybe if you could tell a little bit of how you got involved, uh, what that pr previous path was and how your path changed. Uh, sick. Um, yeah. I mean like, for some weird reason, cannabis has always been like calling me even since I was like a little kid and these weird circumstantial events that have happened of like, you know, even when I was like six years old in Nebraska, these plants were like in someone's backyard, like calling to me. So me and my buddy jumped the fence, ripped them out the ground, took them home, put them in a tub of water and started like troshing around in them, you know? So it was like, man, when I was in Eugene, when I was in, you know, fifth grade, my buddy's dad was growing a whole patch in his backyard and you know, we, just, we were like, it was just calling us. So we just ripped some stuff off. And instead of get, getting the stuff drying in the shed, we'd rip some leaves off, took them to my house and, you know, jumped on my roof and you know, I dried them on foil just to like speed dry. And this is all in my mind. You know, I didn't know anything because my dad's military. You know, I moved every two years, influenced by that, you know, never, no drugs, no booze, no nothing. So it's like, you know, that was kind of my upbringing, but this was always inside. So you know, went to, in high school, I didn't really puff much, just a little bit. Me and my buddies would smoke some weed and box, you know, and just kind of do that. But kind of, I always, always had this inner thing. I wanted to like, you know, be the hero, save the world, maybe because, I don't know, like being half Korean, half white, not being really accepted in those times. And you know, I'm 48 now. So back then it was a little bit, a little more racism vibes than, than now by far. So it was just a little harder to be accepted, especially moving every two years into a new spot and that kind of thing. So I was always like, man, I want to be part of the party, you know, I want to be, I'll be the hero, you know, if I have no one to accept me here, I want to like save the day, you know? So then, but just my upbringing with my father and everything, I kind of chose this other path of wanting to go into, you know, special forces and that, that kind of angle. And, but, um, you know, just training for that and still being kind of a delinquent, a lot of fighting, a lot of thinking I was the guy to, you know, answer the, you know, quest of every bully and gotten a lot of fist fights and a lot of stuff like that. And then kind of started exploring psychedelics and getting really high on, you know, cause back then it wasn't like microdose vibe. It was like one, two, three, you know, black pyramid gel tabs or something or whatever. You're like, Whoa, man, I'm like tripping, you know? So then th those nights kind of get long and, Sometimes you, 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 you know, like cool yourself down with some weird shows or, you know, what I would do, I'd like watch some weird stuff. And I ended up watching like Todd McFarlane Spawn and that cartoon was like, uh, I was like, oh my goodness, that's going to be me, you know? So then um, from that moment kind of reverted, you know, I'm like, I don't want to be like that, you know, <laughs> like um, that being said, uh, you know, showed all these interrelations of this kind of clown figure and all like the military, the smoke machine, the oil machine, the drug machine, the alcohol machine and how they were all related. And it was, I was like, whoa, man, you know, because basically what happened was I had I got a strip of acid and it looked like a Wrigley's piece of gum. Someone told me it was a 10 strip. I'm like, OK, so I cut into 10 pieces and ate a few of them. You know, it was like a 30 strip, actually. And like I got really high, you know, and. Um, <laughs> you know, so that was kind of yeah. like from that moment, then I moved back to Eugene and then, um, basically got really entangled with, uh, the scene here. And, um, 
got accepted really well and just got connected with the right people started, you know, I got turned on to this strain called Trinity, which was my, you know, opener to Eugene, that and Big Sir Holy. I was like, whoa, that's real weed, you know, instead of, you know, what was being sold. And then that kind of inner relationship of the plant, you know, kind of really sparked heavily then with me and really, you know, aside from, you know, before the endocannabinoid system was discovered and stuff and all this kind of thing or exposed, um, not to say discovered, but more exposed, like I always felt like, oh, when I smoke herb, it's like my mom, like hugging my brain, you know, like I had this like feeling like I was like feeling love or something, you know what I mean? Like something was happening. I really like enjoyed, you know, it wasn't like about getting high and all this. It was about like peace of mind, you know, it was about like, you know, this thing that was like, I don't know, man, it was like related as my essence, it felt like, and it really helped this kind of, you know, I was supposed to be put on Ritalin when I was five years old, six years old, because I'm like starting a fire behind the school, you know, <laughs> like just playing with the fire, you know, but my dad moved me instead, you know, so like this herb, this medicine really works like that for me and creates this kind of stability focus in the mind, memorization capacity really like helps me focus my ability. And so once I started really seeing that, when the herb was way better, like we had in Eugene, it was way stronger, you know? And I was like, wow, you know, this is, this is something special. And that kind of relation with the psychedelic reality and movement of Eugene with this high level herb kind of got me from being like, you know, showed me that, Hey, it's not maybe the best option to be a demon. Maybe you put all that energy and you do something good, you know? And like, and so that, you know, my friend told me, I remember I was like, Oh, I want to be a teacher, you know? And he's all like, the fuck are you gonna teach bro <laughs> i was like oh you're right <laughs> so then it was like i was like well if i can learn how to be this i am this guy now really aggressive fight a lot really you know confrontational in a lot of ways if i feel like people deserve it and all this stuff if i can turn all that you know being like that into being helpful and you know good and kind and it that 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 journey will be something i can share you know because like I used to be a wicked fool, you know, and now I'm not so much, you know, um, so I can be more calm and patient. I have an understanding of how to help people and really it came through that relationship with a plant of it showing me that, you know, like if I, if you're mean to someone, you smoke too much weed, you're like, what are you thinking? You're like, man, I shouldn't have been like that. You know, <laughs> I <did> that, you <laughs> know? I'm feeling like a jerk, you know, and so that, that thing that it offers that really was when I noticed that really, that's when I was, I went all in and really tried to create something with this plant. And that was, you know, about 20, 20 some years ago, went down to Peru and discovered, you know, my first teacher down there at this um, conference and, you know, just kind of and actually come in contact with Buddhism there and the Buddhist path and practice and, you know, not to be a Buddhist by any means, but just to have a path that is actual, you know, kind of, you know, basically non-religious. It's like, oh, if you do this, then this happens. That was kind of more my speed, you know, because I needed something that was more logical and something I can prove or disprove and, you know, roll with it. And that with the relationship with the plant really, it sparked something special for me. And I just kind of went all in with that at that moment. And it's, you know, a couple decades journey since and never knew it was going to be legal and all that, but I always wanted to, you know, create a stewardship for this medicine that can show that, Hey, people can really consume a lot of this plant and still be well-spoken, eloquent, intelligent, you know, well-driven, well-intended and, you know, do it for all the right reasons, which really I feel is the essence of this plant because I mean, if it mimics oxytocin when it fits in that little receptor, then it means something, you know? So I, you know, 
Oh, no, that was kind of long-winded. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, no, it's perfect. <laughs> Absolutely. So. No, it's definitely, it's perfect. And it's interesting because that feeling that you're talking about, I think, is is peace. You felt peace. And rather than become, you know, a, a, a violent warrior, you chose to be a peaceful warrior. Um, so you're still bringing the energy um, towards, you know, something, but you're bringing it in a peaceful manner. And I think that's, you know, that's so important. And, and, and yeah, it's something that, you know, psychedelics and plant medicines teach us, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it introduces you to yourself, you know, just like adversity does, just like, you know, going through hardships and losing family and friends and all of that really get, gives you that understanding that, Hey, you know, we're not here for a very long time. So, Let's make them the best of it and the most of it. Um, now let's talk about some of the strains and the cultivars because um, obviously Eugene is like the epicenter of so many uh, incredible, you know, varieties of cannabis cultivars. Um, so yeah, we're starting to use the word cultivar now more so than strain, right? Like, you know, oh, things, I, you, watch, you watch these things evolve. <laughs> I still use strain, so don't, don't laugh. At yeah, me. <laughs> no, me too. I mean, me too. And even indica and sativa dominant, you know, I mean, it's, it's an, it's oversimplistic way, but you know, you can't just jump right into the PhD science without, you know, the oversimplification. It's not a falsehood. It's just, like I said, oversimplified. There's so much more at play. There's, you know, even when you harvest, it can have a huge effect on whether you have some, you know, the same cultivar be more uplifting or more lethargic, you know, if you harvest a little later. So there's all these things at play and hundreds of different cannabinoids and terpenoids and all those things like you mentioned. Um, and the endocannabinoid system that, you know, we have in our bodies, that's receptors that need to recept. Right. It's like, For sure. it's so it's, it's so obvious when you see it from that perspective, but we, you know, many people have just been taught this, um, you know, prohibitionist nonsense, but yeah, let's talk uh, about some of the strains and cultivars that you've worked with. And also some of the ones, you know, that are, you know, your own, uh, green Bodhi bread varieties as well. Sick, sick. Well, yeah, I'm, um, you know, like Eugene, we were really lucky. We, you know, and I, I felt really fortunate because the first strains I grew was Trinity, um, Big Sur Holy, the strain that was called, we called IDK, but it's different. I don't know. You know, it was like Afghani mixed up, you know, um, really dank, but I got really blessed with those. And, um, and it gave me a, a good uh, model. Do you know what I mean? It gave me a good understanding of what good herb was right off the get, what I liked, what I appreciated and enjoyed. Um, you know, the Big Sur was something really special and, you know, our cut that we had there was very unique. Um, you know, so I tried to recreate that basically because I let that go just for personal reasons. And um, anyhow, around the same time I let the Trinity go, um, gave them both back to a, a friend and, you know, moved on. But uh, that being said, I tried to recreate that because the high was so nice. And so with the Hazy Kush that I created, um, I basically got this strain, um, Golden Pineapple, years ago. And we did some breeding on that. There's a strain going around Eugene called the Dawn, which was a train wreck by Purple Affy. And it was a really dope, cracked out strain. I don't know if, uh, um, you know, who actually created it, you know what I mean, actually. Um, but, you know, it was a really dang strain. Um, so I, I put the OG Kush Sage from TH Seeds towards that and got a mail of that, put it by the golden pineapple and everything that came out of that was really nice. And, and to be honest, most of my breeding, um, 
you know, I, I, I never call myself a breeder because really I'm just like just doing what I, I'm just having fun. And, you know, I'm just trying to create things that will affect my mind and cut through what I need. So I, I know that it's going to have a high THC if I'm, you know, like if I'm choosing it because that's what it takes for me. So really most of this stuff has been just kind of haphazard creations that I'm, you know, taking the best of the best that I think is good and combining them and hopefully making something that's going to mimic certain high experiences that I've had in the past, you know? And so that's kind of, and I have to be able to do that. I, I don't do like mass, huge breeding selections. I do like, you know, if I can't find winners, if I do a, a, a project and make something, if I can't find a winner out of five or 10 seeds, like a real winner, then I don't want to, it's not like, I don't know, I'm all good, you know, like I don't want to do a hundred seeds and like find it, an epic one. You're like, nah, dude, I want to find that with 10 <laughs> or five, you know, and then like, it's to be epic, you know? And, then, and so like, I kind of did that way, but luckily the plant always like provided for us in a way that, you know, I made a commitment to the plant years ago that like, you know, also on a deep L trip, you know, like that either I was not going to grow, you know, chemically. Cause I, you know, I went through an organic phase and then for about a year and a half, I grew hydro and, you know, in Eugene, that wasn't very looked upon very well in, you know, late nineties and stuff. And, um, early 2000, you know, like people wouldn't even smoke your weed. You know what I mean? Like it was like very vibey, you know, especially with all the whole, you know, families that were around there, you know what I mean? They're, <laughs> it was very, uh, they're like, they're like, yeah whatever dude <laughs> you know um but anyhow so um so i'm sure that helped that kind of judgment from the community probably helped this decision but you know and i had some you know l25 and you know i ate too much of it and you know had to make a pack with a plant that like you know to get through the night really it was one of those nights you know that i had to like <laughs> make a deal you know that i was gonna do this all for the benefit of others and really with the best heart and all organically. And like, and that's what I was going to commit to the plan or I was going to get busted or get, get dead or something, you know? So it was kind of a trippy night, but that was how I, you know, so anyway, from that moment on, you know, that was kind of the commitment I made and in Eugene and everything with that reality, I always felt like the plant provided me what I, what I needed at, at any moment, you know, cause even like with the tens and cushions that we created, the two and the three there, you know, we had five, we kept three of them, the, the two, three and four, cause they're all really good. But the, they were just survived my, the heat and the people, you know, that, that, that project, you know, that was what I had to choose from actually. And they were all awesome. And one of them, the number two back, you know, back in the day when Phylos was not like all Monsanto vibes, you know, like, or whatever, they made that direction before that, you know, when we were kind of working with them a little bit, you know, um, they hit me up and he's like, dude, you created like, the, what the hell, you know, what, so what is this thing you create? I was like, what are you talking about? They're like, no, we sequenced this thing. And it's like the most homozygous strain in all our galaxy. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I was like, I didn't try to create it. You know, I just did, but I really like it. You know, I chose the two and the four of my, like, I love those strains. Cause one's like, you know, super diesel chem, you know, 2.0, you know, and then the other one is like this weird sandalwood incense, rosy kind of, I don't know. It's just like got the weirdest smell and it's like cracked out in purple, you know, versus like light green. And, you know, and they both got this like weird auto flower kind of aspect to them that you can, you can utilize them as that, you know? So, um, and breed into them for that. So it was really interesting that I'm, you know, at that moment I'm like, homozygosity, huh? What does that mean? You know, Oh, oh that's good for breeding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I think so much of it is about instinct and you having 
the connection to the plant and the, and having the the plant actually affect you in a way that you, you know is palpable and palpably different i think from the average consumer um i think that also you know f- for a breeder that's the intuition that you need how do you, how do you tell which plants a keeper well you know this the effect of this is actually brings me peace and 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 a stronger peace than the other you know the other ones that i've uh, created so i think it's interesting you mentioned you know some buddhist teachings and how buddhism teaches to do things with intention and then you even talk about intentional horticulture hmm. um can you tell me i mean it's you know it's obviously those those teachings have had an effect on on you as a person and in your path in your chosen path in life but also i think in how you grow which you touched upon but um does that mean you know organic does that mean veganic does that mean living soil korean farming jadam mm-hmm. like what 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 is your chosen way to practice intentional horticulture well i mean we could do anything with intention right but you know for me personally it's it's you know living soil we reuse our soil we we top dress amend we use certain you know em other kind of things you know hydrolysate food compost waste kind of you know like if we need to give a little booze we top dress with other you know things that we feel like and so that's kind of our style but um you know we went through all kinds of styles and we always did it with intention so even if someone's growing it chemically because that's what their trip is they can do that with intention too you know they can do anything they want anything can be done with intention you know and so like you know my teacher my first teacher told me you know um when, when we met him, he's all, oh, man, you've already mastered a relationship with a wisdom plant. He's all, now master yourself and your intention, you know? He's all, you don't need to be somewhere out there telling everyone what it, how it is and how it should be because, you know, big brother don't want that anyway, you know? Just be quiet, you know? Master your understanding and relationship with yourself and your selflessness and that relationship with this plant and entangle it, you know? And do whatever you can in that way because we can use this medicine as kind of like a server, you know, like it's, you know, everywhere it goes, if you do it right, everyone that experiences it has that peace of mind, has that, you know, when they smoke it and it tastes good, doesn't burn your throat, scratch your throat, it goes down, you can take a huge hit, you can exhale a huge hit, you can like feel this openness, this, this kind of freedom, this really high experience that's you know that's kind of what we're going for and what we want and and no one's bummed on that you know so if you can imagine however much weed's grown however many how much it takes to have that experience one toke one little bong hit someone can have so if the intention is entangled every atom of that then every time someone will experience that that becomes that fruition becomes full then you know your intention then becomes fruition and it manifests in the full you know equation and that's something that you know that's what we're doing here and what we're doing our best to do but it took a long time because like i said i you know i didn't understand this well and when i first started you know we all understand well how's everything start starts with an intention the thoughts you know you know either that's good or bad it can be selfish or selfless you know and if it's altruistic or you know and to help others obviously that feels better for both sides than if it's if it's there's self-grasping and it's only to help yourself you know neither side really feels good there in the end you know because you know, no one ever looks at it and be like, yeah, I got the better of them, you know, fucking 
what it's like no one i mean no 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 normal person looks at that as cool you know when they look in the mirror whatever they're just agreed to be like that for themselves they trick themselves you know but every good person when they go to sleep at night or look themselves in the mirror and they don't think oh i'm a good person but they do understand they have the feeling that they're doing the right thing and when they view when you view yourself and you're one of those beings that it feels good, you know. It feels wholesome. It feels noble. It feels like you're you're a part of the, you know, the success story of this planet, and not the the, the other side, you know. And with demise, <laughs> you know. And even if it's going down, I'm gonna ride it till it's like a ball of flames, because like you know, this is the place where we can experience so much good and so much bad, and have the experience. I haven't seen another place where this is popping off like this yet, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I think like what you said about having that awareness comes with uh, time. You know, I mean, I, when I started, I was growing in Rockwell in, you know, with GH three part, uh, you know, me too. <laughs> and, and yeah. So, but, but it, it took time to, you know, sort of rediscover um, that there was better ways um, or to discover that, you know, over time, having uh, good mentorships, having people try your weed and be like, oh, this is kind of, you know, this is a, seems a little overfed, you know, and just to being honest with you and saying like, well, what do you mean overfed? You know, I have 1500 parts per million. That's what they recommended. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like burnt tips and burnt <laughs> leaves and everything. But hey, you know, I mean, I'm going, I'm doing, with going with a recipe here. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, but but, you know, that that said, I mean, you said and I said both that, like, it is about uh, your intention, but it's also, uh, you know, there's ways to be more sustainable and environmentally friendly and and reasons for that that can be selfish even. I mean, it's just better quality, too. Right. And you realize that you realize that over time. Um, let's talk about the new strains, because you've got some new strains uh, out there and available. And we should also mention that um, your distribution is through Seedsman. Uh, who's also a sponsor of our our colleague and friend, uh, great friend Jorge Cervantes. Um, Love Jorge. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he was out to visit you just recently, I think, too. And and uh, so that's great. Um, But yeah, let's talk about some of the newer uh, cultivars that you have available as well. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Well, through through the Seedsman, we did, you know, we released a Hazy Kush Femline through them and a lot of really cool stuff in that but um you know what we're getting ready to release which we're really excited about is and what what and when jorge came what he kind of uh was really excited about too because we had this nl5 um that we got through someone that came through another person now recently verified the story but when he came I asked Jorge, I said, hey, is this is this what you remember you know from back in the day he's all dude this is exactly what's up I was like this is like you know, to me, what these strains seem like, what this strain seems like is really the core foundation to a lot of the hype genetics these days, you know, and what I see is like this, you know, one of the selections was, looks very like Afghani kind of purple, looks like a, not to say like Master Kush, but like, you know, you know, real purple version of that, but grows a little differently. And the other one looks like a Gelato 41 or something or 43, but like more greasy and just dank. And so like the, the, the vegetative, stuff smells like jasmine and i mean it's really insane you know and then so when he saw him i was like 
Oh, perfect. And he saw, he's all, what? And then told me the whole story of his buddy Steve up in Washington and kind of the, you know, his, what, what he said that the real story is of this is that basically Steve was giving out packs of these seeds to everyone that was buying a light from his, uh, from his shop, you know, and I know there's a lot of stories of it, but that's what, that's the story that came through them. And, you know, and what he said and show me pictures and all the whole thing, connect me to, um, Neville's, uh, basically, you know, one of his close, uh, best friends, close friends and who he gave the, you know, collection to before he passed. And so like spurred all this stuff, the seedsman connection and everything came from this and all through this relation. And so finally got the true story of this, of this 89, um, NL five. Cause the person that told me was, you know, it was, they were, they were hard to trust and, you know, but then someone hit me up, uh, Sinbud on Instagram hit me up and said, Hey, could I get some of those seeds since I gave it to you? I was like, what? I was like, well, I got these from this other person, but I don't really know if that story is true, but no, he's all, no, here's a story. Here's a screenshot. These, you know, cause what the story I was told is that these 89 came directly from Neville's hand, you know? Um, but they didn't, they're actually from Melvin Eddicks, Um, and they came through Sinbud and I was like, Oh, well that's still, Malvinetics, the whole thing that's verified as it gets for the 89 NL. So sick. Now we got the true story. So what I did, I didn't know that at the time, but I sourced these, picked these. And then I, you know, back crossed them. Cause I, I was, I saw what was there, you know, it's, this is literally, I mean, to me, the foundation of this style of genetic in our industry, because the variations that come from these, I mean, it's really impressive and the high and it's just, feels like I'm, I'm hanging out with grandpa, you know, or grandma, you know, like, and it's like, you, you know, like, and you're like, whoa, man, like the feelings are happening. I don't know what's going on here, but it's like, this looks like hype stuff. What's happening, you know? So that we did a lot of work with back cross fam, everything going to be releasing that with a uh, seedsman and through our own, um, you know, new genetics, uh, website, gbgenetics.com and stuff. So that, it, you know, that's happening. We got, uh, a new collab with Michael Friday's, um, Kagyu one coastal seeds, which is funny. Cause that was our first collab ever in 2012. He took the hazy cushion, put the big sir holy by it and made the coastal haze. And it was like insane. And at the time I didn't really know who was, who I was working with or who, 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 got, who, 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 who's who, you know? And I didn't realize he was like, one of the legends of the legends you know so it's like really now when i look back i'm like dang you know like what happened here this is like something's happening that's you know beyond the eye you know so the plants doing something and that being said so he gave me a bunch of afghani stuff um from his you know old school buddies from afghanistan the helmand afghani afghani one but you know from what he says is the true afghani one beyond you know and I did a bunch of work with that, put that by a bunch of cool stuff. Um, now I got the helmet Afghani. I put by a bunch of stuff and put that, you know, by the NLs also. So I'm um, trying to create some really cool breeding lines for people that want to not get stuck in this kind of tunnel and kind of pigeonhole that we've been kind of pushed into um, through whatever type of consumerism or whatever type of, you know, hype streams and stuff like that. But like try to bring people the depth and variation of what this plant can offer in, in the ways that like that attuned to us, you know, and that we think, and, you know, it's not saying it's the right way, but I'm just trying to want to offer, you know, what's, what's working for us and what, what works for our mind and, 
you know so i mean and we put the nl by a bunch of cool stuff even by the rods by jealousy by you know chem dog by <laughs> wedding cake by you know golden pineapple by you know sour best shit ever by skywalker so we're trying to do that we did that with the afghani you know we reversed the nl reversed the animal mints did that putting that by some stuff reversed the tk4 the tens of cushion number four and put that by itself and a few other things just trying to really like bringing this next phase in at least from our from our um lane you know because love to stay in our lane and you know love to do that kind of thing but also we got the you know larry og purple unicorn f3 that um all the proceeds go to the library learning center of his holiness the dalai lama in ithaca new york that uh me and bodhi seeds did the collab but it was a, our previous collab was with the ancient og which created the ancient aliens that we got and that we've been doing a bunch of stuff with or got males of that doing work with that so really trying to take the whole 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 swath and you know like bring bring some really new new but old you know heirloom hybrid hybrids that are really kind of you know special you know and that's just kind yes. of been the intention just so people can have the have have that you know new and old yeah. combo you know <laughs> absolutely i think it's a great thing because it's um you know it's it's a blast from the past like some of the great breeding genetics um that that is stable and uh you know because we have so many poly hybrids nowadays um some of which you mentioned and stuff but there's always new things to find um uh, but it but it's really about again intention and um you know that f1 hybrid that finding something new is the result of crossing two very different uh, varieties to get something that hasn't ever existed. And the only way to do that is, is by crossing things that are, are different. And I think that also teaches us about diversity, you know, and how nature, you know, abhors a vacuum. It wants diversity. And anytime that diversity goes away, we end up with these bottleneck genetics and, 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 uh, watering down of a gene pool and that's happened with cannabis and and so it is important to reinvigorate uh the the gene pool and and come, create new things and some of the things you've created i mean i i've smoked the golden pineapple i've smoked the tens and kush uh, many of your incredible varieties and they are cut above many of the things that are available uh in the general marketplace i mean just immediate effect you know, I mean, it's, it's instant. And you mentioned that, um, you know, the library learning center, but you're also involved, um, with helping to build and dig wells. Uh, tell me a little bit about that and how that, how that, uh, came about and what that's all about. Yeah. Um, well, it all comes back to, you know, like me, my first teacher really in Peru and then, you know, the Buddhist path and everything, because he always said, he's like, you know, you got to help your community. You got to help the people that are helping you. You're, you. They might be holding this information, but they might not have things. So you might need to help them so that you can preserve this thing and help. And so kind of influence that by, you know, us working with, you know, um, basically the Cairo and the, you know, Peruvian peoples with the cloths and stuff like that. And he's really inspired that way. So I'm like, okay. So now when I first went to India in 2011, end of 2011 for, um, you know, a big initiation in Dharamsala with his holiness monastery. And then in, 
um, at the beginning of that year, 2012, a uh, big Kalashakra initiation in Bodh Gaya, um, where the Buddha reached enlightenment. And so like, I met these two boys, you know, and they're like, Hey, can we, you know, they're trying to like make some money, help you, you know, whatever, you know, I'm like, Hey man, I'm, I'm not that guy. I don't need any help, you know, but if you guys want to be friends, you know, I think they're like 15 at the time. Um, if you want to be friends and you want to get your cousin or your brother to do the taxi and drive us to wherever and you know the little secret spots where's what's up you know you can tag along and you know uh, whatever and they, they're like sick you know so we like they became like they became not my guides but you know like my lokes you know that were like my friends and you know like so we stayed friends and i'm like hey man we need to do something different you know like let me let, let you, you try to think of an idea that we can help your community you know like and then 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 let's make something happen so after a while 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 they finally came to me with this idea that this um water for life or something like that it was um you know that they put a well in one of these villages you know and i was like oh interesting let's do that see how much it costs they put us gave us all the numbers you know and i thought it was like uh 1500 bucks you know for one i was like okay i'll i'll pay you half and get all the stuff and we'll do it and you know i'll I'll give you the money so you, you get it all going and get the contract, you know, the contractor, meaning the, the dude that, like, you know, pump drills the well with the bamboo, like, stick pump, thing, you know, like, old school primitive styles, pretty sick, you know? Um, but anyway, that being said, you know, like, I, I sent him the money, and they sent me the complete one well, you know? I, I was like, what happened? I thought it was, this was, no, this was for one. I thought you meant for two, and I was like, oh, wow, it's only... You know, seven fifty. You know, it's it's seven hundred, but then we boosted it up to seven fifty because, like, you know, to just pad it a little bit for the boys and for the people there. So it's like, you know, because you know, every well costs that much. You know, I, I I spend about each well. I I put in about twenty bucks to like get the money over there and everything. So th that keeps me involved in every single well. Um, but anyhow, so then we did this thing. The first one we did. And I was like, oh, dang. And I made a kind of a joke because it was during COVID and it was during the $700 like um, check, you know, that, that people were getting and everything. I said, hey, if you guys want to help and something, you know, do this, you know, here's something that like you put 700 bucks right here. Boom. You know, this happens. This is like straight. And then, you know, this uh, one friend, you know, like came in, boom, did it. You know, another friend, boom, another. And then it started getting momentum. And then it's like, oh, this, <laughs> this is happening, you know. And it, it was totally unexpected. I just was going to do one. And I was kind of being like, I'm kind of a troll sometimes, you know, if I'm like, you know, kind of trying to make a point, I kind of make a point in a weird way, you know, like, um, <laughs> so that was kind of, I was doing that actually like, Hey, instead of like bitching and moaning on Facebook all the time, why don't you just put the check over here and help these people? You can put a well in this village and, you know, 50, a hundred people will be able to access water instead of having to walk three miles with like a thing on their head to like bring the, you know, four gallons, three gallons of water back, you know, like, like you know, that yeah, gets amazing. heavy, it gets heavy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's wild. Uh, what people go through in, in places and, and we have no concept unless we see it. And, and, and on top of that, you also do consulting, so I should mention, um, you know, that people that are interested in consulting, you have uh, on the greenbody.org site uh, a ton of uh, interviews and media and also methodology, how you grow, uh, explained in different stages and all kinds of um, video and, and a lot of amazing stuff. And, and even your social media has incredible photography, uh, the quality of you know, the, the photographs of the plant really honors the beauty 
of this amazing healing flower. So I just want to, I want to uh, encourage people to check all that out. And so if you could mention how people can learn more about uh, Green Bodhi Genetics, about you, basically like, you know, your, your websites, your Instagrams and such. Yeah, for sure. Well, well, um, you know, I'm really accessible. If, if anyone's in any of my Instagram DMs, I'm going to answer, um, whether it be Green Bodhi, whether it be Green Bodhi Genetics, whether it be the real Green Bodhi, or Green Bodhi OG, <laughs> you know, your Instagram makes you start all these like, you know, protect <laughs> <Backup>. yourself. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, you know, whether it be on the greenbody.org, sign up, um, you know, anywhere you can access me, I'll offer information. If it's just general, I'll try to do it really, you know, on a base level for just, you know, just, just openly. But obviously, if it gets more serious, you know, we can talk about that and, you know, I can take any single person or any larger facility and teach SOPs that are going to advance, you know, the process and show something that's unique and special through the process because, you know, we, we all have a similar way of doing it, but for some reason, you know, some people's relationship and what they do offer something special. And it's really quite simple, really, when you break it down. But what we're going to be offering is not to say a masterclass by any means, but informationals and if anyone wants to you know get involved subscribe all that kind of thing we're going to be offering all those kind of capacities as all these social media platforms start to you know engage that and offer that easier for us so that's for sure going to be available but really staying in tune to the to the instagrams is really the spot um twitter we got too but obviously that you know it's hard to hard to break the mold of instagram for everyone so everyone's still on there you know yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I highly recommend going to greenbody.org. Um, this show is primarily for home growers, people that are interested in basically creating their own. So if you have any kind of last minute advice for like the home grower, the person with the, the four by four tent uh, or the four by eight in their in their house. You know, if I were to give some major tips, you know, like don't overwater, don't underwater, don't be afraid to prune, don't be afraid to remove small scriggly little things that might not provide what you want because you're going to gain that weight and energy up in the stuff that you do leave so um you know and don't overfeed you know you can always give a little more titrate things in but it's really hard to take things away once it's really engaged in the plant and that momentum of um so you know those are i I guess kind of be my you know and really just like grow more try more do more breed more use anything you want from us and like breed with it you know like you know rename it name it whatever you want i don't even care you know it's like it's like that you know (laughs) you know just let's grow more you know let's do more do more weed you know (laughs) so (laughs) right on well thank you so much uh john bays green Bodie genetics um thank you for being on the show thank you so much and really it's always just an honor to share and really appreciate the opportunity and really the you know, the stage and the the vehicle that you guys all offer and what you've done for the industry and everything and kind of showing and displaying the inner workings and kind of view of uh, people that have committed their life to this. So as you have, you know, I really, you know, thank you and a lot of respect and appreciation. So thanks, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, on, and on that note, we will be back uh, with more Grow Bud Yourself after these messages. Hey guys, remember, friends don't let friends bring clones home. 
The only way to guarantee that you're growing out your phenotype of choice is through seeds. And the best way to get the seeds you want is through Seeds Here Now. Established way back in 2010, Seeds Here Now has been satisfying customers with the best genetics from the best breeders in the world, with more than 3,000 strains to choose from. With an average rating of 4.8 stars, Seeds Here Now is one of the most trusted and respected seed banks in the world. And Seeds Here Now is the only seed bank with 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, Seeds Here Now offers regular deals on seeds. Just click the On Sale tab on their website and see what this month's deals are on a variety of incredible genetics. And if you sign up for their email list, you'll be entered to win free seeds every time a Seeds Here Now email goes out. Visit SeedsHereNow.com to learn more. And Grow Bud Yourself listeners can use the promo code GBYFREESHIP for free shipping on all orders. And best of all, that free shipping offer will work with any other coupon code or discount that you use. So check out SeedsHereNow.com today and get started on your own dream garden. Hey, all right, welcome back. And this is, again, episode number 111 of Grow Bud Yourself. We are now in the cultivation segment, I'd like to say uh, thanks again to John from uh, um, Green Bodie Genetics uh, for that very enlightening uh, interview and guest spot. Uh, definitely check them out on socials and the internet. Uh, but we are now in the cultivation segment, and I think it's been a fortnight. <laughs> and yes, this is a fortnight. Yes, this is a fortnight. Strain of the fortnight. What you got for us? Uh, what do you got for us this week? Strain of the fortnight. <laughs> Strain of the fortnight. Oh yes, that answers that question. It has. So yeah, what do you have for our strain of the fortnight? Yes, indeed, I have an amazing strain for the strain of the fortnight. It's called Frosted Lemonade. This is from uh, our friend Elena over at Green Fire Genetics. Uh, we, we're going to have her on the show sometime soon. And actually, um, she's one of the breeders represented by SeedsHereNow.com, our sponsor. So you can actually uh, find this strain uh, from our sponsor and get free shipping with our free shipping code, which is GBYFREESHIP uh, over there. So that's free shipping. And they've got this discounted because I think it was originally, this is a limited edition run. Um, and originally these seeds were $300 uh, for 12 and now they're 225 And that sounds like a lot. Uh, but I highly recommend that you take a look at how frosty this frosted lemonade is. This is like ridiculous frost weed. And if you're a hash maker in particular, this is uh, a gusher as they call it like something that really washes well. Um, so the Frosted Lemonade, um, Elena, it comes from uh, several generations of growers, uh, which is a pretty amazing story. I actually wrote, uh, wrote her up in High Times a few years back. Um, but Greenfire Genetics is incredible, uh, long-held strains from California, uh, NorCal, that have been handed down um, through basically like very small circles. Uh, the Frosted Lemonade, the mother is a 91 um, Hollywood Pure Kush, 
and the father is an Everglades uh, ZOZBX Skittles. So this is like pure candy, basically. It's like um, the reason, again, it's called Frosted Lemonade. It's got that candy, uh, sour candy, terpene profile from the Skittles. Um, very citrusy, uh, very intense high. And like I said, serious bag appeal. It checks every box. Um, and as mentioned, also incredible for hash production. Uh, if you don't believe me, go to greenfiregenetics.com with two S's or check them out on, uh, on seedsherenow.com and you will see how ridiculously frosted this is. I mean, it's like just pure bag appeal and uh, flavor and potency, everything. So, uh, yeah, we're hoping to have Elena on the show sometime in the near future. I've been uh, talking to her about that. Um, so hopefully we'll get her on. Um, she's got some amazing stories to tell and an incredible gift uh, at finding incredible genetics. So um, check out Greenfire Genetics. Check them out on seedsherenow.com. Use the code GBYFREESHIP for free shipping um, and get yourself some of this drop. I know she's got uh, some new stuff coming out too, so um, we'll keep you posted. And that, my friends, the Frosted Lemonade from Green Fire Genetics uh, is our strain of the fortnight. Delightful, excellent strain of the fortnight. Um, and uh, our listeners are well aware at this point, but each week you like to provide a tip that will make people become better cultivators. So what would you like to discuss this week? Yeah, so I mean, basically, in keeping with the uh, the whole theme this week of kind of like uh, sustainable growing, I want to give you um, basically a dozen or so different ways that you can green up your grow and be uh, more sustainable with your indoor and even with your outdoor, whatever it might be. I mean, most of these are tips for indoor because outdoor is already pretty green. Uh, but again, these are just ways to be more sustainable. And in some ways, these will also help you improve uh, the quality of the product that you're you're growing, and also help you save some money on uh, inputs as far as nutrients and things like that and electricity. So, um, without further ado, haven't said that one in a while, so I'm bringing that one back. Uh, here are some tips to green up your grow. Um, the first and most obvious one is to switch over to LED lighting, and I know. Um, there's obviously a lot of HID people out there who are reluctant to switch over, and I get that. I have been that person, uh, but there are some just incredible quality LEDs out there these days. Um, the upfront costs pretty high, um, but what you get back is just incredible. Uh, they use a lot less electricity, they create a lot less heat, and they grow fire wheat. I mean, that's a fact, and I know there's obviously going to be some, some, you know, people out there skeptical, but the fact of the matter is just look around and see what's being grown with LEDs these days. And you'll see that, uh, you know, there's quality out there. It's just, there's some bad products out there too. Um, cheaper, um, crappy LEDs and some of the early stuff that came out, um, doesn't hold up anymore, but the reality is the technology has changed a lot. So LEDs is the first basic tip, just switching over to that and saving yourself on uh, electricity for the lights and also electricity for air conditioning, which you'll use less of. Uh, another good tip, keep your lights on at night uh, instead of during the day if you're in a warm space. Uh, again, if you're in a very cold space, maybe um, uh, 
do the opposite, but that'll help you as far as controlling environment. Uh, and in some places, uh, there's like surge pricing on electricity. So during the day, um, you know, rather than the middle of the night, uh, where it could be cheaper uh, for the actual electricity. So there's that. Um, also, I would say, you know, switching over to organic nutrients is very much better for the environment. Uh, it's not necessarily going to save you money. It will in the long run if you really go full um, living soil, which I highly recommend. But, you know, chemical nutrients and the runoff associated with them, um, you know, just pouring out used nutrients down the drain of your tub uh, is really spoiling the environment for everybody and, and going back into the rivers and the um, lakes and, and um, oceans. So it's, you know, it, on that level, it's bad, but also on the level of quality product that you're going to then burn and inhale into your lungs. I mean, I would go with organic with that, you know, even more so than over like vegetables and, and fruits and things, but which I still would prefer organic. So um, there's that. I would say composting is a really simple way to just use your um, food waste and yard waste uh, to create basically a mild nutrient soil amendment. I would say uh, switching over to solar or wind energy, if possible, um, is very helpful for the environment and can be uh, cheaper in some cases, especially if you know, you're installing the solar panels yourself on your property. Um then there's hacks with ventilation that makes it more efficient. Uh, I mentioned this on occasion, but any bends that you have in your ducting are going to slow your, your, your fans down and slow your ventilation down. So straight ducts as much as possible uh, will keep them running the way they should, most efficient. Um, then, you know, using cover crops, that's a really good way to green up your grow um, and get some nitrogen right there at root level. Um, reusing soil mix if it's not contaminated, if there's no diseases or any kind of issues. Uh, I really love the way people are growing now in these beds and just adding organic material on top, uh, no-till, indoor, uh, with cover crops and all kinds of uh, um, natural ways of growing. I think there's a lot of really cool stuff being done in that arena. Um then, of course, you know, cooling and heating from outside. You know, if you have natural air conditioning, it's cold outside, bring that cold air in. Make sure it's filtered for pests and and, and that sort of thing. But um, bringing in cool air when you can use it, or if it's warm air, bringing that in when it's too cold inside. Um, then, you know, either way, uh, it's important, basically, to take advantage of what you've got naturally. I've been to places like you know, Hawaii and Jamaica where they have indoor grows with AC and, and, and humidifiers. And I'm like, you're basically just replicating what's going on outside um, and spending a lot of money to do it. So bad idea. And then I would say, um, you know, natural forms of CO2 is another way to green up your grow rather than um, using tanks or generators. These days for small home grows, they have these great you know, mushroom kits, whether it be a bucket or a bag, uh, typically they last, you know, a full flowering uh, schedule, 60, 65 days or so, and just release CO2 naturally by basically making mushrooms in your space. There's, you know, you can also, I mean, I've heard of all kinds of things as far as having rabbits, <laughs> you know, breathing, uh, 
and little animals like that uh, involved, but also just being in your grow and breathing on your plants is great. They're giving off uh, oxygen and taking in the CO2. You're giving off uh, CO2 and taking in the oxygen. It's, it's a healthy, balanced uh, relationship uh, that you can have with your plants and, uh, and a way to green up your grow. So those are some sustainable ways uh, to also maybe even save a little money and create a cleaner and greener and ultimately better burning and tastier product. All right. Excellent. Good stuff. Okay. So we are now at the uh, portion of the show where we answer some questions from our, our valued listeners. And uh, if you have a question you would like answered on the show, get in touch with us. The email is info at growbudyourself.com. So uh, we're going to jump right in. Quick disclaimer, as I mentioned at the top of the show, my voice is kind of hit or miss right now, so I apologize. I'm going to do my best to get through this. Let's start it off with Jeremy, and he writes, Hello, GBYS fam. Maybe the S is for show? G grow Bud Yourself Show fam? GBYS? Yeah, that makes sense. That uh, hello, makes sense. GBYS fam. I am a newer indoor tent grower, and I was wondering what your suggestion suggestions are for an organic starter medium for both photo and auto seeds. I don't want to transplant the autos after seedlings start, so the plant, uh, so the plans for the seeds are to build my soil out, kind of like candy gobstopper, meaning I will start, uh, I will start the soil in the upper middle part of the medium with the seed starter soil, and then something like happy frog for the first part of root stretch, followed by more happy frog, but blended with fish newer for when they go into flower. As for the photo, I'm going to start solo cup style and then mimic my plans for the autos. I almost forgot after listening to your podcast, which I only found in the last few weeks, I know I have been living under a rock, lol. Yeah, seriously, dude, what the hell? Um, uh, I reached out to Prime Superior and ordered their seed starter product, so I will be dipping my beans in that as well. <laughs> dipping my beans. Nice. Love it. No, it, it is. It's natural. Um, yeah. Dip your beans, Jeremy. Uh, thanks for all you guys do. I'm learning and growing in many ways from you guys and the interviews. GBYS fam for life. Till next time, Jeremy. Uh, thank you so much, Jeremy. Danny, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, for me, the ultimate organic starter medium uh, for photos or autos or, or anything is basically just Promix. That's what I've been using uh, for years. It's basically a peat-based uh, mix that you buy in, in big bales. Uh, they've got some pretty amazing uh, Promix additives now, too, that are in there. Um, but it's fairly just nice light mix with a good amount of perlite. Um and it maintains the moisture levels really well, dries out pretty quick. You know, you got to water it pretty well. Um, so I'd go with that. But I've also seen some amazing other products out there. I love Bio uh, 365. I actually used that on my uh, legal uh, outdoors uh, this year. Well, I should say last year. Um, and they've got biochar and all kinds of nice nutrient uh, enrichments um, going on with their soils. Uh, which they have a you know a variety of different um, ones being being bio cocoa bio light bio blend uh, a bunch of different ones and they even have like bloom like flowering stuff everything um, I would for starting plants go with like either the cocoa or the bio light 
um, or even the blend. Uh, but um, yeah, I guess that's just, that would be my two first things that just come to mind as far as good organic starter mediums. There's good cocos out there too. Um, our friends, the soil King uh, has some great products as well. Um, so definitely check out SoilKing.com. Um, yeah. I mean, it sounds like you've got a good plan. Um, the only thing I would tell you about just layering in that way that you're describing is try not to overwater because um, every time you water, you're going to be leaching out some of those nutrients that are further down in the bucket um, and they'll lose their potency and power um, as you're washing you know, through there. So if you water so that it, you don't get a lot of runoff out of the bottom, um, you'll be a lot better off than if you overwater uh, and basically just leach out a lot of the nutrients that you're sort of layering and stacking below for future use. Uh, but it is a great way to grow. And uh, again, just avoid the overwatering issue and you'll be, you'll be good to go. All right. Great. Thank you, Jeremy. We appreciate the support. Keep on listening. Um, let's do one more here. This is from an anonymous listener writes, I am a first time indoor grower. I have followed your book and podcast for this whole grow. And I wanted to know, is there an ideal curing humidity? Can I cheat and use Bovida 62 while burping a couple times a day for the month or so of curing? What do you think, Dan? Yeah, so I would say um, you want you want the relative humidity when you're curing to be between 55 to 65%. Uh, and so those Bovida 62s are right, you know, right there in the middle, kind of just slightly on the the wetter side, but perfect really, because you, you know, you don't want to air on the dry side, uh, and have everything just turned to dust. Uh, so, uh, I would say if you can do it naturally, do it naturally. Uh, if the Bovitas will help you out in elongating the period of time, if it's too dry, for instance, um, if you have a relative humidity, that's like, you know, 50% or lower, uh, and you need to maintain that. You could use those Bovita 62, the, the humidity packs, if necessary. Um, but it's not always necessary if you can just keep things between that 55 and 65% level without them. Uh, so uh, Bovitas are great, though, for extending uh, that cure uh, for longer periods of time if you're going for a more extreme long cure or if you're just storing cannabis that's already been cured to the 62 or so percent. Um, they have 58% as well um, and all kinds of other products. But basically, uh, I would say, you, you know, cure without the Bovitas until you're at the, that proper state and then use the Bovitas in your jars if you need to store that cannabis for, for longer periods of time, um, several months, for instance. Um, that'll just keep it right there dialed in. And you won't have to burp them as much either. Heck yeah. All right. Thank you, anonymous listener. And thanks to uh, everybody who wrote in this week. If you have a question you would like answered on this podcast, get in touch with us. You could reach us by email. That is info at growbudyourself.com. You could also just comment on one of our many YouTube videos or hit us up on Patreon or Facebook or anywhere else that might work. Just go to Dan's house if you'd like. Knock on his door. Or come down and hang out. Um, you actually don't do that. <laughs> address the follow. Um, thanks to everybody. And uh, why don't you and I take a very short break, come back, and then wrap this sucker up?
Let's do it. Hey guys, I want to tell you about one of our favorite sponsors, Excelsior Extracts. Outcast and TOH from Excelsior are incredible people, incredible growers, and they make an amazing product. Their THC-infused pain rub is made by patients for patients, and it provides powerful relief from pain. This product was developed to treat Outcast's chronic pain, and trust me, this is a super potent topical that really works. You can find out more about Excelsior on Instagram at Excelsior Extracts. That's E-X-C-E-L-S-I-O-R-E-X-T-R-A-C-T-S. DM them there to learn more about their amazing pain rub. And don't forget to tell them that Grow Bud Yourself sent you. All right, welcome back. This is The Wrap, episode 111, Three Stripes, it's 5,000. That's a very obscure reference for you guys, but uh, I just put it out there anyway. I want to thank our guest, John Bays of Green Bodhi Genetics. Um, Thanks so much for coming on the show. We got to get him on sometime in the the future as well. There's so much more that we can discuss. I want to thank our sponsors, of course, as always, Seeds Here Now, uh, check them out at seedsherenow.com. The code is GBY free ship uh, for free shipping on all seeds. There's all kinds of specials on there right now. Now is the time to get your seeds. It's almost too late, but not quite too late. And if you're interested in seeds of our strain of the fortnight from this episode, uh, the frosted lemonade that I mentioned, the super duper frosty lemonade from Green Fire Genetics, uh, you can get that. Uh, at the discounted rate uh, from Seeds Here Now and get the free shipping uh, using our code. So check them out, Seeds Here Now. Uh, They represent so many breeders and they have pretty much all of your uh, genetic needs. Um, Then Sweet Leaf Nutrients, of course, uh, incredible nutrient brand. They've been with us since the beginning. The code there is DANKO15 for 15% off uh, on everything they have on the site. Uh, there's nutrients. There's other stuff there as well. So check out sweetleaf.com. It's S-U-I-T-E-L-E-A-F. Uh, so sweet, like a hotel suite. Sweet Leaf Nutrients. Um, also want to thank Excelsior Extracts, uh, the THC-infused pain relief rub in particular. Uh, check them out on Instagram. Uh, say hello to Tommy, R.I.P. Elaine. Um, thank you guys for listening um, thanks to DJ Jacques and Winstrong. Thanks, as always, to my incredible co-host and producer, Mike G. And we will be back next week with another very, very special guest for you guys on Grow Bud Yourself. Let's put this one in the books. <laughs> <laughs>